This podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect OASF or OA as a whole. Visit us online at OASF.org. I'm Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, And uh, I might have broken this table once upon a time. Um, I'm grateful to be abstinent today, and I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful that I get asked to come and speak. And I was telling Rachel here that before the meeting that I, I think I've been asked to come like for 11 years now to speak. And uh, by the grace of God, I've um, been abstinent then, and I've been abstinent since December 30th, 1989, without exception. Um, and uh, it took a long time to figure out what it meant to be abstinent um, for me. And I don't believe that it's the same for everybody. Um, I do. I do find that there are common things among people in that find their way into here that um, seems to be uh, help them be to, to to give them sobriety. But I can. I think I might talk about that a little bit later on. I don't know. But um, I am a hundred pounder person, um, and. Uh, Again, by the grace of God, I think my body's been pretty much this weight, give or take five or eight pounds or ten or maybe something like that for 15 years, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. 18 years. I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't want to be. I'm not being flip about it um, because when I tell you where I come from, it's not something I could be flip about. But it's something that I don't really feel um, that I've had a whole lot to do with it, except for that I've kept my butt in the chair <laughs> and I've kept doing what I've been told. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, so, and, you know, like many of us, I, and I don't know about everybody here, but I came because I was fat. That's why I came. And I wasn't happy with that. And I didn't realize in any way that there was anything going on in my life that had anything to do with what I was doing with food. <laughs> There's just not a connection, you know, really. Um, so I grew up in Chicago, and I was a middle child, a lost child. No, um, in a uh, kind of, I like to call it an upper-lower-class Jewish family um, where there was lots of yelling and lots of eating um, and arguing, I suppose. And uh, we, uh, and so all I know is that I don't really, you know, I go back and I've done about, you know, a million years of therapy. Well, actually, a lot of years. I went to therapy when I was 19. But, um... Somewhere, you know, whether it's and I, you know, I I thought about it and talked about it for all these years now, you know, about what who what is how am I made? Why did I what? How did I get to food? And what's all that about? And um, I all I can kind of get to is that somewhere around three years old, I I figured out that I could crawl up on the counter and I could get whatever I wanted. What's happening up there? I'm sorry, I don't know. Is it a? Is it a? Okay. I thought it was a person who was trying to get in. Yeah, me too. Oh. Hey, however you have to get here. Um. So, so I figured out that I could get food myself from the kitchen, and and there was lots of food and we i was i grew up where my mother was fascinated by anything that was processed and that and packaged so like we had like the hunt snack packs and the individually wrapped whatever like dispensed in the refrigerator you know and 
I mean, I'm not kidding. And 15 different boxes of cereal. And I, you know, I was, it was carbohydrate heaven. You know, it really was. And we didn't eat vegetables. There was no such thing as vegetables. There was a canned vegetable once in a while. We didn't eat fresh anything. It just, it's what I grew up with. So, um, but, so what I figured out was somehow that this food made me feel better. And now I don't even know what I was feeling that I didn't feel good about because I was too young. But I know that it got me feeling better. And I, and I wanted to do it all the time. And, you know, the thing about eating is it works. You know, it works great. You feel great right when you're eating. And then you feel even great a little bit while after. And then it just, it just but it accumulates into like a lifetime of shame and self-loathing is what happened for me. And by the time I was 13, I was 200 pounds. Um, and I was a problem, and I was, you know, I mean, there, I wasn't a problem. I was a problem, but it was a problem. Actually, way before that, I was. A, it was a problem. Amy was fat, and there was a whole, like, I became kind of the project. My mother's a compulsive overeater. There's compulsive eaters everywhere, and an alcoholic. My father, very unusual, um, but an alcoholic nonetheless. And um, he got sober when I was eight, but. And that's tell, that will tell you how I got to OA. But what happened is um, uh, I came by it honestly, you know, and, and my mother was doing her dance with food, so I did my dance with food. And it was not, you know, there was no, um, it was like my whole life was about figuring out, like, how to exist, either eating or not eating. I mean, you know, as a kid, just, just eating or not eating. And I didn't get to go, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember having meaningful talks with my parents or having... You know, I mean, my teachers were my saviors, saving people, you know, people who helped me feel like I wasn't from outer space, because I really did feel like, you know, I was. And um, uh, so I feel like just a lifetime of, of eating, not eating, dieting. Very, I did not diet well, but I did go to Weight Watchers in the fourth grade, and I did go do all grapefruit and eggs and all these drinks and all this stuff. And you know what? My problem wasn't my weight. And so how long could I do that? I could do that for like two weeks. And you know, and I, so I spent even years in OA doing certain things with abstinence for two weeks. And then like going, I can't do this. This is not, you know. So how do I fast forward? 13, 11 started drinking, smoking pot at 13, you know, grew up. You know, I was, I was, uh, did very well in school, but I was, I wanted it, I would do anything. I, give me that draw, uh, fine, I'll take it, I don't care. I mean, I didn't have any really sense of, I just wanted to feel different than I was, I wanted something outside to make me feel better inside. And, you know, I've really learned a lot, which I hope I'll be able to tell you about, about what all that was about. But trying to say, you know, here I was, and then let's just hit puberty and, and have a sexual, like, nightmare hit me like what in the hell is going on here I mean I, I look back now and I see that I didn't even know if I was a boy or a girl I really didn't I mean I, I kind of didn't know and and today you can sit here and talk about that you know and like oh that's really valid pretty valid um, I mean what I picked up what I thought was oh I'm gay you know which was kind of okay because you know that was easy then easier but anyhow um, I know I'm a girl by the way um, I'm very proud of it. Um, but anyway, um, so, but it was, a, it was all this stuff that I couldn't talk about, you know, and, and I, you know, people didn't talk, I, I want to say, t- nobody talked about stuff in those days. I have children today, I have two kids, eight and five. And I say, you know, when I was your age, I used to sit there and think, like I tell them about how it was, and my daughter sometimes, her eyes get really big, like, 
really? You thought that in third grade, you know? And it's just, I just see what I didn't have, but the food was perfect. The food was exactly what I expected it to be. And it was, and it tasted good. And, and it made me feel, you know, basically, um, you know, high and drunk. So da, 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 high school, I bottomed out in high school. Um, my father had been in AA since I was eight. Um, he has been ever since. He just had 37 years, 38 years sober in AA. Goes to his meetings every day, you know, every Thursday. He has his sponsees. He's 83, you know, he can, mm -hmm. it's all he has, really. So this 12-step thing kind of infiltrated my family. And so when I was 16, um, my dad, my mother, and my father, who barely noticed me, it seems like, my whole life, sat me down and said, you know, I was at, uh, by this time I was like 235, 240 pounds, um, and miserable, just really, I was a miserable wretch. I really, I really was. But at the same time, I was getting scholarships to college and all that. There was all this kind of, it was all, I was like this double life, you know, this double person. Um, I am a Gemini, and I have felt that that had something to do with it, but um, I'm actually a quadruple Gemini. But, um, I'm, no, but, but, but it, says, it says in the literature of AA, you know, we lived a double life. And for me, the double life was I was a miserable wretch. I was horribly moody and depressed and angry, 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 you know, and nothing made me feel better. Anyway, um, so they sat me down and they said, you know what, we know a place you can go. And I said, okay, go why? Because of your weight, you know. And so there I was, and they were like, you can go to this, this place, it's in LA. I lived in Chicago, of course. I had never been on an airplane, ever. Um, and you can go there and it's a treatment center for compulsive eating, something or another. Back then, it was just an OA kind of a clinic kind of a thing. It wasn't very, it wasn't very clinical, actually. It was like, we, went to, we just did OA meetings like the whole time. Anyway, 1982, I get on a plane, I say, sure, I'll go, maybe I can lose 10 pounds. And, you know, it's kind of funny when you're well over 200 pounds or whatever pounds and you think, oh, if I could just eat 5 or 10 pounds, it'd be great. And it's like nothing, it's not reality. And, you know, again, I didn't really know, you know, what, I can't explain it, but I just kind of figured this is just who I am. And I didn't have any sense of, of me underneath, both physically and spiritually and emotionally, you know. So I got on plane, I went, and I walked into an OA meeting. How much time do I have? Like 15, 16 minutes. Really? Wow. If you want it. If no, you want it. I will. I will. Okay. Um, I got off the plane and this woman met me. I'll never forget it at the plane. A woman in OA, just an OA person. Um, and this this clinic was run by Judy Hollis at the time. That was like this, you know, she was sort of a macher in the in the Jewish, I mean, in the, yeah, in, the, in, the in the OA, earlier OA community. And she was thin. And I just thought, what the hell is this? Like something was dead wrong about it, you know? And I mean, it, it just didn't make sense. I mean, she was supposed to be, it was, I went to the, she gave me a big book. I went to the treatment center and I've been here ever since. I've been in a way overuse anonymous ever since and I've never stopped. And I've always come to meetings and I've always tried and looked and done service and been, because when I got here, I, I learned that it wasn't my fault. Like I wasn't, it wasn't my fault that I wasn't supposed to be able to push myself away from the table. That was, I was actually different, or I was who I was, but different from no, regular other people. This was my, it says it in the AA Big Book, you know, we, we, um, we realized that we are bodily and mentally different from our fellows. 
and that 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 reality, that acceptance, had to happen. Otherwise, you know, it was always about my being weak or my being broken or I'm a loser and I suck and you know, I'm horrible. Just so somehow I got there and I just heard people talking and it was like, oh my God, we really have. I don't call it a disease. I call it a condition. I have a condition. And it is a condition. And it's a condition that doesn't go away. It's a condition that's, it's, it's a disease, but disease feels, I have a condition and it's treatable. It truly, truly is. Um, so this got me into OA and I, and I, you know, again, I just, I felt like an acceptance. I felt people like actually telling the truth, talking about their lives, talking to me. I got to, I, I kind of, I came out and when I was, God, in my senior year of high school, it was a total disaster, but I did it anyway. And, um, and, and uh, you know, it's like, I mean, my whole life started because I came to Overeaters Anonymous. So I, I was, I, I, I've grown up in this program. And that's not everybody's story, but I like to say it because you, if you come in as a teenager, and plenty of teenagers could come in, you know, you can stay. And I've stayed. So what happened is I got to OA and they gave me a food plan. And that was what I clung on to. You know, I, I needed a food plan. Give me the, here's the ounces, and then here's the thing, and then you have this when you, this, and da, da, da. And I just, and it was no different, really, than I had in, in uh, Weight Watchers or anywhere else, but there was something different about it. It was what we know. It was abstinence. It was sobriety. It wasn't a diet. It was a, a life, a way to live. And I didn't feel like I was hungry. I didn't feel like, I felt like it was enough. It really was. And, um... And something had changed, truly changed. And but they said, and still do, you know, you got yeah, and great, and all that's great, and yet you have to do stuff because it's still just there's no no I I am a compulsive eater. There is nothing in me that is going to gladly and wonderfully by myself be willing for any lasting period of time to eat uh, to be sober with food. That is not my natural state. My natural state is to be drunk with food because I am a drunk. I may darn you know I don't. This isn't about like oh, yeah, a little bit too much or here and there, you know. It's hmm. the real deal, you know. And and um, so I kept on doing the things that I I still do the things that I did back then. I still come and speak at meetings. I mean, you know, it's funny. I feel old, you know. I feel sometimes now my story is starting to make me. I'm realizing, oh my God, this has been a long time already. But anyway. So I had this food plan, so I did this food plan for maybe like two years, and I lost a lot. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I didn't lose, um, I lost a lot of weight, and I was, it was tremendous. I mean, it was the weight loss, it was the ser it was service, it was speaking, it was having a family and a community and stuff. I was in Boston at the time, because that's where I went to college. Um, yeah, so I went to college, I went to college and spent like, I went to school, and then I went to meetings, and then I studied, and then I had my abstinent dinner, and then I studied and whatever else and so I had a really not a very exciting college life um, and I kind of do wonder what it would have been like if I'd have been a party been able to party because oh by the way not only did I get clean did I stop eating compulsively so I got clean and sober because they, they don't go to you know that it's the same thing I mean I'm a, it, you know the food that I eat is alcohol that isn't fermented yet I mean it's period <laughs> it just it, you know it's a Twinkie or it's a cocktail I mean it's the so um, and, and I really know, I mean, I really see that now. Um, so I went to meetings and da 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 da, and then at some point they said, in a way, they said, you know, let's, um, we don't want to have food plans anymore. We're not going to even talk about food plans. And, and that was fine, whatever. But then I, I just started to drift. I, I was drifting, and I was finding that I was the only one who was kind of doing, trying to hang on to something. 
whatever. That was a long, maybe two or three years of that. I moved to New York City uh, after college. And uh, you know what? My dreams were kind of coming true. I'd gone to college and I'd kind of, you know, with the help of the program. And I also want to say, you know, I had a sponsor all that time. I, 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 I had sponsees. We did our best with being honest and talking about food, talking about it. You know, it, the thing is that, you know, I, I'm not beyond it. There's no beyond the food. I don't, get, I don't get here to get real spiritual so that I can be neutral. I will never be neutral. And that's that whole mentally and bodily different piece again. Like, I'm not going to be neutral. Good. I was glad to just give that up. It's not going to happen. Not in this lifetime. So, great. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so, uh, um, I moved to New York City, and, I, and my dreams, I really, I like to say, my dreams were coming true, and my ass was falling off. Like, I really was struggling to hold on to any semblance of abstinence. Like, I was making up my, I was, you know, I was making my food plan myself. I was trying to figure out how to do it, and it became less and less possible. I, I don't know how to, I would go to meetings in Manhattan, and, and I, I wasn't getting support, and I, I'm not sure um, what, I think I was really, it was up against it. You know, I needed a lot at that point, and I couldn't, and I wasn't, I didn't have a channel in, and I was new in the city, and there were lots of factors. But the point is that, oh, I had gone to a meeting once in, in Boston, um, and it was a, a, God forbid, it was a gray sheet meeting. And I walked in and I was like, holy shit, these people, they're pretty serious, you know, and they're also really fucking crazy. And, um, sorry. And, uh, but anyway, but I went to this meeting and I, and I liked it because it was very strong and it was, they said a lot of really good things. So, but, but then when I'm in New York City and I'm thinking I am really struggling and I don't know where to go and I saw that there was a meeting, I went there. And I walked into this meeting, and I said, and I was like, I was fine about it. I mean, I didn't have any kind of, um, somebody vibrating. Um, long story short, and I really do want to make a long story short, I figured out that I am carbohydrate sensitive. Truly, truly, truly. Like, sensitive isn't even the word. I eat something, this is like probably full of carbohydrates, but it hits me, <laughs> it hits me, and it's like, it's sugar, man, right away. And I, I was eating not, I was not eating sugar for like all that time, ever, because God forbid, but I was eating other things that were also making me crazy. And I, and I didn't know, and I didn't, and I wasn't willing to find out what it would be like to not have those things. And but instead to have other things because it's not just about not having it's about having something else so when I when I did say I'm willing to do whatever for 90 days just to get myself back on track I, I stopped eating carbohydrates and eating more vegetables and eating more of the other things and uh, fat because God I didn't eat fat but I ate carbohydrates so it's like it did but then I started eating fat and vegetables and then I was like all of a sudden I, I felt free I felt literally like that crazy voice in there that had had all my life going on and on was, was quiet. So I started doing that and said I would do it for 90 days, and now it's been 22 years and two months. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because, and I've been all over the world, and I've been on dates, and I've been everywhere, and I measure my food, you know, because I don't want to, because I, I found out just for me that it does make me feel... Um, like I'm out of the picture. Like I don't. I, I get to. I get to pick what I'm going to have, and I get it to be just fantastic. And I don't settle for a crappy food. However, I also know there's something between me and the food. There's a higher power, and it does make a difference. It really does. And I call my sponsor every day. Um, 
And what has this done? You know, what it's done is quieted the voices in my head. It has given me pretty much a stable weight. However, I am now 22 years older than I was when I started, which means I am now, you know, my metabolism is like molasses in winter and my, you know, my, I've got a lot of things. I had a huge surgery two years ago where they, I got my colon removed. The whole damn thing, gone. Um, I don't have a bag. Um, is that five so, minutes? Yeah. Cool. Um, but, so I don't have that, which I was already resigned to that that would be okay if I needed to, but um, I had this huge, and so now I feel like, oh my God, how am I going to recover from that? And just, but all through it, it never meant that I needed to eat compulsively. That, that part, because I'm like, that, that whole, I eat three amazing, fantastic, number 10 meals a day. And I learned also in OA, in different, you know, from different people, these things, you know, it's kind of like zero in. If somebody had what I wanted, it's like, well, what do you do? Like, if, and then they would say, well, I do this. I'd say, well, if you want what I have, you do what I do. And you go where I go. And it's like I had to eventually kind of say, you know, I mean, I, I, just, I just do that. And I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm a fairly bright person. But I'm not very bright, and I don't try to be when it comes to this program. And I know a lot of the history, and I know all of this. It doesn't matter. You know what? It's all about, it's one day at a time, is I'm, if I'm willing to realize where I came from, to realize that that is a good thing. You know, it's given me strength to be grateful for one thing, to have, um, to be, yeah, to be, to be seriously grateful for every single day that I... Um, that I have, you know, kind of like my food is over here and my life is over here. And they, and I get this stable relationship with food. And so that everything else in my life can be like this. But food is really very stable. And it's, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Um, it's not like drinking. I can't just pick, I can't have a drink. You know, I don't get to have, well, anyway, I wouldn't want one, so forget it anyway. Um, and that's a little bit like certain food, too. Like, why would I have one? I forget yeah. it. I'll just pass. Um, but, uh, you know, so, um, so it gives me, I get sanity. You know, I'm just, I'm very clear. And, and why I come, and I come to meetings um, because I, I got to be honest. I mean, I want to see, I want to hear newcomers in a big, I mean, I really, I really do. I want to hear newcomers. I want to help newcomers. Um, and I want to be, I want to say, you know, you don't, nobody in this room has to eat compulsively again. And that the bottom line for me became about, it, it's almost like my recovery has been um, perfectly correlated to how much I'm willing to depend on other people. Mm -hmm. And what that required was my finding dependable people. And because, you know, we're all addicts. I mean, well, if maybe you're all addicts, I mean, you can say for yourself, but you know, we're not always the most consistent people. Um, and so what I, what I found was I needed, you know, when I, when I got a sponsor who, like, picked up that phone every single day, exactly when I said, you know, right when, I mean, she was always there, I started getting dependent, and I got dependent in the right places. And the people here are people who, um, when they decide to show up, they show up, you know, and, uh, and it is a lifeboat. Um, like I said, I have kids. I never thought I would have kids. I never thought I would be a, a really a living, kind of thriving human being. Um, my brother called me Thing, and I think I kind of always pretty much thought that was, that was my, my fate, you know. Um, but there's, I don't know, it's a gift. I I'm almost, almost don't know where to wrap it up. Um, There's nothing very 
um, you know, if you're struggling at all, um, I would say find people who have what you want and, uh, and see what they're doing, you know. And I don't know, I guess it, we all have to come to this place where if what we're doing doesn't work, we, we need to try something else. And also, um, our best thinking got us here and da 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 But um, mm-hmm. I'm much more comfortable, I mean, I'm t- I'm, I feel like almost always comfortable in my skin today. And I almost always feel, um, you know, like it's been worth it, you know, and every, you know, every day has been worth it. So I'm just really glad you're here because if, and I, I recognize faces now and it's really great. And um, I'm always glad that you asked me to come, and I don't know what else to say, so I'm just going to stop before the timer goes.